0: Welcome to this week's message from Vertical Life Church. We exist to awaken and empower you to follow Jesus. To stay connected, find us online at www.verticallife.church. All right, good morning. Hey, guys, so listen, as we've said earlier, and we'll continue to say, our, our mandate here is to awaken and empower people to follow Jesus. We want to equip people and raise up people for ministry. We don't want to replace you in ministry. We want to equip you for ministry. And when I say ministry, I'm not just speaking about full-time ministry, but I'm talking about in your homes, in your lives, in the marketplace. And so today what you're going to do is you're going to witness another young lady— Kelly, if you want to go ahead and come out, can we put our hands together for her? Come on, we just, I believe this woman has a, a gifting and a calling and anointing on her life. And, and I love watching people step into their purposes. And so let's just honor her as she brings the word today. Thank you. Um, I'm excited to share with you guys today. Um, I had given a word during one of our services and Jeremy had asked me to expand it into a message. So if you were there during that day, then this might seem a little bit familiar. But I'm going to just jump right in. We're going to be in a story in the book of Joshua. So if you have your Bibles and you want to go ahead and just turn there, um, I'll give you guys some context for where our story is going to start. So Moses had led the Israelites out of Egypt. And they had been wandering in the desert for 40 years. Now Moses was dead, and they had appointed a new leader, which was Joshua. And Joshua was going to lead them to take possession of the promised land. God had commanded Joshua, take the Israelites over the Jordan. We're going to take this land that I've promised to your forefathers. So we're going to start in Joshua 1, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. It says, After the death of Moses, The servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. preparation for going into battle, right? This is like God's divine strategy for Joshua going into this battle to take the promised land. And it's not like battle strategy. He's saying like, meditate on my law. Um, just be, be strong, be courageous. Um, and so already we can see from the beginning that God's divine strategy does not look like the world's strategies, but there's three promises that God makes to Israel. Whenever he's talking to Joshua in this passage, he says, number one, I will give you every place that you set your foot. The second one, he says, no one will be able to stand against you. And the third, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you wherever you go. Okay, so guys, Joshua's leading these people into the promised land, and they have enemy after enemy after enemy that they're going to have to conquer. Like, this wasn't just empty land. There were people and nations that were living there. But like, how pumped up would you be if God was like, well, no one can stand against you, right? No one can stand against you. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. You're going to take every place. And so the Lord is just empowering Joshua to lead people and take this land that he has promised them. And multiple times he says, be strong and courageous. And he talks about obeying the book of the law. Put it in your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. And I wanted to point out here that God is promising victory and he's showing the way. It's divine strategy. Again, God's divine strategy does not look like the world's divine strategy. God didn't take out like a battle plan. I mean, it is a battle plan, but not like a battle plan like what the what the world um, would assume or what the world would ask for if they were going into a battle. Um, but he does give divine strategy and it's the same with us God has divine strategy for every battle that we're going up against and we have access to that but we have to be willing to see through God's eyes so something else before we continue in this story that I want to point out is that God never promises to remove our obstacles to the things that he has promised us he promises to empower you to overcome them I think so many times we hear stories about the promised land or God's promises, and we think that we can just like sit back and God's a genie that's just going to like make everything appear, right? We probably don't want to admit that, but a lot of times I think we get stuck in these ruts in life where we're just like, God, you said this, God, you said this, God, you said this, and God's saying, I empowered you to go and to take that. God promised the promised land to the Israelites, but he said, I'm empowering you to overcome every single enemy. I'm empowering you to overcome every single obstacle to inherit the land that I have given to you. And so there's a lot of places in the New Testament where it talks about this too. And so I just want to drive this point home with these verses, but um, in John 16, 33, he says, "'I have told you these things "'so that in me you may have peace. "'In this world you will have trouble, "'but take heart, I have overcome the world.'" Romans eight thirty seven. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. First John four four. You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. First John five three through five. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And then in Revelation, there's a bunch of verses that talk about what God has promised to him who, what? Overcomes. (laughs) To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life. You will not be hurt at all by the second death. I will give some of the hidden manna. I'll also give him a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to him who receives it. And hidden manna there really is just referring to basically God's supernatural nourishment and provision. To him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. To him who overcomes, I'll be dressed in white and I'll never blot out his name. I will make him a pillar in the temple of God. I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. And so I think sometimes we, we come to the Lord, and again, this isn't about salvation, right? Like whenever, like what Jesus did on the cross, like he did that once and for all. And we have eternity in heaven. And if you wanna sit in defeat for the rest of your life until you get to heaven, you are allowed to choose that, right? But God has all these promises, promise after promise after promise in the Bible of what we have as our inheritance as his children, if we will step into the victory that he has called us to, if we'll get access to that divine strategy that he has and not just sit and say, God, will you just remove these things? He says I've given you authority. I've given you power. I filled you with my Holy Spirit in the New Testament. God says, or Jesus says, I have to leave so that the Holy Spirit can come and empower you. You're going to do what I have done and even greater things that's exciting right and I mean we have to get over our apathy and over our laziness sometimes to grab hold of that but God when we get saved God doesn't like light a candle and like fluff up our pillow and give us a diary like he gives us armor right? In Ephesians 6, he gives us armor. He says, come on, rise up, resist the devil. And then he lists out all these pieces of armor that he's put on us. Why? Not because we can just sit there and he's going to take everything away for us, but because we live in a broken world. But God's kingdom is still advancing. Despite the reign of the enemy, like God's kingdom is still advancing. Jesus is on the throne and he says, I've given you armor and I've empowered you to overcome, to take authority and to take these things that I've promised you. So now we're going to continue. If y'all want to turn to Joshua 6, this is um, kind of a familiar story. Um, we're going to talk about the story of Jericho. Um, so we're going to start in Joshua 6 verse 2, and it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. So once again, divine strategy from the Lord doesn't really look like the normal battle strategies probably of that time to just walk in circles around a huge fortified city. Um, but something else I want to point out in that scripture is it says, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. So when the Lord is saying this to Joshua, he's saying this huge fortified nation of Jer- city of Jericho with a wall around it. I have given it to you, but here is what you need to do to take possession of it right he didn't say you guys just sit there this whole nation of israel and watch as i just like poof jericho off of the promised land he says go take the city and i'm also going to give you this unusual but supernatural strategy to do it so god tells the people march around the city one time every day for six days And on the seventh day, to march around the city seven times and then give a shout to the Lord. And so we'll pick up in the story in verse 16. It says, The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed. So every man charged straight in, and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. So, okay, Israel is, like, doing great. God gave them this crazy strategy, It sounds really weird, but they did it. It worked. I mean, like, I can just imagine the people of Israel, like, walking around that seventh time and giving a shout, and, like, the walls just, like, collapsing. I'd be like, yes, God! (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? It's like, like, we literally just walked around and shouted, and the walls to the city just crumbled so that we could go in and take the city. So I feel like Israel's, like, on this high, right? Like, okay, we came to the promised land. Like, this is our first enemy. God told us what to do. It was kind of crazy, but, like, we did it, and it worked. It worked. Which is awesome. And so the word devoted that multiple times in that passage, it talks about devoting the city to the Lord. So that word devoted that is used means the irrevocable giving up of something to the Lord, usually by complete destruction. And I was reading a commentary on that word, and it was saying that the meaning actually has two polar opposite meanings. Either dedicated to the Lord and for his service, or dedicated and devoted to destruction. And so you can see through that scripture where he says, devote the city to the Lord. They totally wipe out everything in it, except for these items that God had commanded them to put in the treasury for the use of the Lord. And so there's this hot and cold not hot and cold, but just drastic um, polarizing difference in the, the meaning of the word devoted, but the Israelites were obedient. Um, God says to keep away from these devoted things so that you're not liable to destruction. Remember that as we keep going. Um, and so then again, verse 21, they devoted the city, they destroyed it, like gold star for Israel. They did what God said, they're on the right page. So we thought, right, Well, let's go to Joshua 7. (laughs) So Joshua 7, verse 1 says, But the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. And so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Not a good choice. So, like I said, Israel is like on this high, right? This is an entire nation of people. And so Achan has done this thing in secret. Um, he's hidden these devoted things that he has kept against the Lord's command. And um, so Israel's feeling great. Then the next army that they're going up against is this nation of I, Ai. Ai. I think that's how you say it. They're going against this nation of Ai. And like I said, I think they're probably all feeling like really hyped up. They're excited. They obeyed the Lord and God did exactly what he said. He fulfilled his promise. And so they send out some spies to scout out the land. And they're like, these people aren't even that intimidating. Their army isn't that big. Joshua, like we don't even need that many people. Like God is so faithful to us. Like just like, I think he takes like 3,000 people and he's like, let's go. This is going to be a piece of cake. Well, they lose. And so they're like, probably have like whiplash of like, okay, you just told us you're going to give us every single place that we set our foot. We saw that that was true with Jericho. We obeyed everything that you said. And like, now we just went up against this army that was less intimidating and we lost. And so in Joshua 7 verse 6, It says, Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. And so we can see here, Joshua immediately starts to question God And he immediately just wishes that they were back. And like, how many times, you guys, do we do that? It's like we experience victory from the Lord, or we like take a step of obedience. And the second one thing goes wrong, we won, or not even goes wrong, but doesn't meet our expectations. We experience disappointment. We experience loss. And our first response is to question God and to say, why did you even bring me here? right? Why did you even bring me here? And we can see the Israelites have done this multiple times when they're in the wilderness. They're like, I would have been better off in Egypt when I was a slave. God's like, no, no, I have freedom for you guys. Freedom is hard. Okay, freedom requires responsibility. Freedom requires accountability. Freedom requires stewardship. And so in a spirit of laziness sometimes and not wanting to take responsibility for our own actions, for our own decisions, for our own oversight, we question God and we say, why would you even bring me here? Why did you do this to me? And so we can see then that God responds to Joshua in verse 10 and he says, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Go and consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, that which is devoted is among you, O Israel, and you cannot stand against your enemies until you remove it. So we're going to talk about two things that happen when we hold on to these things that are devoted or devoted to destruction, but first I want to talk about what exactly is a devoted thing. So in the Old Testament and in a lot of these Bible stories, a lot of times the the actual things they're talking about are things that we Actually, devoted to other idols. And what they didn't realize at the time, probably, is the deep spiritual impact and weight of um, these items that had been devoted to idols. So, I'm going to tell y'all a story. You have to promise not to judge me. This was like 10 years ago. Um, nobody else probably has an experience quite like this devoted thing experience that I have, but I spent some time in Thailand and where i was we had they had the biggest buddha in southeast asia and it was just called the big buddha and so my team of missionaries was like we're going to go to the big buddha and we're going to pray like we're going to invite the holy spirit like invite god's presence you know whatever i'm like okay this is going to be great so like we hike up to this big buddha It's like beautiful. It's stunning. We're all like praying over, like looking at like this beautiful like landscape of Thailand, like God, come, like advance your kingdom, like do the thing, you know, do the thing that you want to do. Like this is awesome. And so we're done praying and I'm kind of just like walking around this like elaborate (laughs) temple and people have brought these like people have made like feasts like to give to Buddha, like amazing looking food, like all these like intricately carved like little things. I'm like, this is like, crazy like this is awesome like all this stuff and so I noticed these like little elephants that were like so intricately carved it's like somebody literally like took all this time to carve this and then devote it to this idol who um, isn't alive and so my immature self guys I would not do this again ever I'm like well I'm just gonna take that (laughs) Because Buddha's not alive. And nobody is here enjoying this cute little elephant that's, like, so intricately carved by, like, some Thai I was like, this is so cool. So I take it. I just, like, put it out. I'm just like, this is mine. I'm just like, Buddha's, like, not alive, so I'll take this. Um, (laughs) So a wiser girl on my team with me was like, Kelly, like, that might have some, like, spiritual stuff tied to it. Like, I don't know if I would take that home. I was just like, it's fine. I was just like... God is bigger than Buddha, and like Buddha's not alive, and like I just want this little elephant because I love elephants and it's cute. So I didn't listen to her. So put it in my stuff, whatever. I get home from Thailand, I'm like unpacking my apartment, and I'm like, oh yeah, this cute elephant, like what a cool souvenir. Like, someone carved this for Buddha, and like he's not alive, and I took it. Like, I don't know why this concept was like so empowering to me. And so I like set it up like on my like dresser, and I'm like, this is so cool, all my Thailand souvenirs. Well, that night. I have the most horrifying nightmares, I mean, like, ever. Like, night, I was, like, woke up, like, sweating in my bed, and literally it was like a movie. I, like, woke up, and it was, like, all I could see was, like, the elephant <laughs> was, like, staring at me. <laughs> and I literally got up, and I opened the window, and I just, like, threw it out of my third-story apartment window, and went back to sleep, never had one single nightmare, like, never again. It was great. So, anyways, that is probably not what everyone is dealing with here If you have done that, if you have stolen something devoted to an idol, you should get rid of it. Um, But (laughs) all of that to say, we all have these things that we hold on to, right, that are not dedicated to the Lord or that we have, like, kept and held on to. And so this, guys, can be anything from, like, a hidden sin, an addiction, a TV show, unhealthy relationships. Bad habits. And guys, sometimes this is like a really big thing. Like there might be some of you who it's like, yes, like I have this addiction like to alcohol or like whatever it is. And like that is holding me back from God. Like I know he's asking me to give it up and to surrender it. But you guys, a lot of times what the devoted things are, just like with Aiken, is it something small, right? It's something small. And we talk so much about surrendering everything to the Lord at church. But like you're not, it's like the big things like, okay, 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 okay. You can take these big things, right? It's like you can you can take this addiction I have, you can take this sin I have, you can take this thing that I've been holding on to. But what about like that one TV show? Right? What about like the one TV show that you're watching? the one TV show or like, what about the like, like wine o'clock, right? It's like, you're, you're a mom, you're like so exhausted. And you're like, maybe like I used to party a long time ago. And like, I don't do that anymore. Like, I don't get drunk. Bible says, don't be drunk with wine. Like, I don't do that. But like, the second my kids go to bed, it's like, I have to have my glass of wine to like wind down. Like, what if God is like asking you to give that up, right? Or like, binge watching shows on Netflix, like I'm not saying any of this stuff is like inherently bad, right? But it's like it's like these little things where we say outwardly, and I think we even believe that we're totally surrendered. We're totally surrendered to the Lord. And we've even experienced victory. We've experienced freedom. But then the the thing is, is that guys, Achan experienced the same freedom that Israel did, right? He was on the same high that Israel was on. He was like, I'm just going to take this. It's no big deal. But he, because of his hidden sin and because of the devoted thing that he held onto the entire nation of Israel lost against the next enemy that they went into. And so a lot of times we take these devoted things with us into our next season, right? So like what this might look like is say like you've had a porn addiction and like God set you free. It's like, praise God, you have not looked at anything. Like nothing has popped up. Like you've got all the things on your computer for a whole year. It's awesome, right? But you have held on to this one sexually explicit TV show. And you're like, it's not porn, I just watch it. And so when you go up against your next enemy, the person who's flirting with you at the gym or your coworker, and you have the hardest time resisting and falling into temptation, and you're like, I already dealt with like this sin of lust, right? Like I've been set free from porn for a year, but you have kept this little thing, right? You've kept this little thing. And now you've made yourself liable to destruction and unable to stand against your enemy, And so another thing this could look like is say, God has set you free from unhealthy relationships, a really toxic, abusive relationship, whether it's family, a a boyfriend, whatever it is. And you're like, God has set me free. Like, I know my value. I know my worth. Like, Like, I'm trusting God for like this next season. Like I've let go of all this like sexual sin or whatever it is. But you've held on to like this little seed of bitterness, right? Against this person who has treated you so terribly. And when you enter into this next season, in a healthy relationship and you wonder why everything is falling apart because you're seeing things through a lens of bitterness of this little seed that you have held on from the season that God has set you free from, right? And so I think we experience victory from the Lord and we get like on this high, like, oh, God set me free. I'm like set free and delivered. But like, we have to be so intentional, you guys. Like the devil will take any like little crack in the door that you give him. And so that I'm Praying Pray that the Holy Spirit will start illuminating those things because it's these little things that we overlook that are these devoted things. And then the other thing I want to talk about is why do we hold on to these devoted things? Again, in church, there's so many times where it's like, we're talking about surrendering everything, like getting rid of your sin or whatever. But it's like, so like, why do we keep like holding on to these things, right? Why is it that if God has set you free from this huge, massive, dark, hidden addiction, is it so hard to give away like this, like one little TV show, right? Or like, if He's set you free from like this life of addiction and partying, like, why is it so hard if he's asking you to get rid of like this one like habit that you have before? Before you go to bed and I think that there's three spirits behind these things and the first one is a spirit of entitlement and that's like I deserve this right like I went through all this stuff God I gave you I gave you all these things and like I just deserve like this one thing like I just deserve to like unwind at the end of the day with this glass of wine I just deserve after like a hard week at work to like give in to these inappropriate conversations like I just deserve this The second one is arrogance, which says, I know better, right? And I don't think any of us would probably stand up here and say, I know better than God. But when he gives us specific instructions in his word and you go against it, that's what you're saying, (laughs) right? It's saying, I know better. And so I'm going to hold on to this thing because, like, I know that you have— called me into this. Because a lot of times, too, these little devoted things, right? It's like, it's not explicit in Scripture, maybe. A lot of this stuff is. But some of it might not be. But if God is asking you to give up something, to hold on to it, it's just arrogance. And the Bible even says, I think a lot of times, too, one of the devoted things is our plans. Like, our agenda. Like, you have these amazing plans. So you're like, well, this is obviously God. I have these amazing plans. Like, why do I need to, like, give this up or lay this down? And maybe God's asking you to change that. And the Bible says that a man plans his steps and they lead to death, right? It says God's ways are higher than our ways. And this is just came to me, so this is random. But, like, we need to treat spiritual truth the way we treat, like, science, right? Like, gravity, okay? Like, if I, like, jump off the stage and spray my ankle, I'm going to be like, gravity, why did you do that to me right like I'm just not gonna do that because like I understand what gravity will do right so like if God says like my ways are higher than your ways and like your plan your own plans without the power of my Holy Spirit are gonna lead you to death like why don't like we need to hold on to that as like a truth like the the Bible is a hundred percent true it's a hundred percent a hundred percent true and like when God called Joshua and he told him he would be successful and prosperous if he meditated on the law he only had five five books of the Bible is that right five books of the Bible, way less than we have now. Now we have, this is literally like, how many pages are in here? Like 2,000 pages, right? And then we act like we have no clue what God wants us to do. We have no clue what he could be calling us to. And we never even open this. And there's so much truth in it. And we need to approach it that way, where it's like, if God says, okay, again, with the wine thing, I don't know why I'm harping on that, but in Proverbs 20, it doesn't say wine is from the devil, right? No, but it says, wine is a mocker, And you're a fool if you're led astray by it. Okay, so like if I believe that that's 100% true, it's like I'm gonna analyze my drinking habits (laughs) because I don't wanna be a fool. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like we need to approach it with that. This isn't just like good advice. You know, it's 100%. It's 100% true. And it's arrogant to think that I know better than what God has given me in his written word. And so the third spirit that I believe is behind the reason why we hold on to devoted things is doubt. And that's just saying, like, I just don't know if God is who he says he is. I just don't know if I believe that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. I'll just do it myself or this attitude of, like, just in case, right? Like, I am going to keep this side job that's draining me and affecting my family just in case, just in case God doesn't come through the way that I thought that he was going to come through. Or I'm going to stay in this relationship that feels like it's not from the Lord, just in case, like there's nobody else. Just in case, like I'm going to be single. Just in case, I'm not going to get married. Or I'm going to go down this path, just in case. Like I believe that God says he's going to provide for me, but just in case, let me just hold on to this thing or do this thing. And so back to Joshua in verse 7, the two, there's two things, again, that God says happen when we hold on to these devoted things. And the first one is he says we are made liable to destruction. And what that means is we are have been made, a, there's a legal right to our destruction. John 10.10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy has a strategy against your life. Jesus has defeated him, 100%. You have victory over him, 100%. You have authority over him, 100%. But God has given us commands. God has given us strategies, divine strategies to stand against him. And a lot of times we're just like, We treat it so casually, right? We treat it so casually. It's like, what's the big deal if I listen to this? What's the big deal if I watch this? What's the big deal with a glass of wine? It's like, you're right, what's the big deal? But if you're experiencing defeat in your life, I would challenge you to ask yourselves the question, have I made myself liable to destruction by leaving this crack in the door? The enemy is not gonna overlook a crack that you leave in the door for him. He's prowling around looking like, where can I get in? Where can I convince Kelly that she's defeated? Where can I convince her that she doesn't really have the victory that she thinks she has in Jesus? Where can I convince her? And so we have to be ruthless in just closing all of those doorways. And the second thing he says is you cannot stand against your enemies. And so when we hold on to these devoted things, we're just giving the enemy an open door and access point into our life. It's like just like leaving a gap so that the enemy can come over into your territory over enemy lines. And you guys, whenever we get saved and like we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we're on God's team, like we're still in a war. Every single day, we're in a spiritual war. We've been talking about that a lot at this church, but you guys, you just got switched to the winning team, right? You just got switched to the winning team, but that doesn't mean you just like sit on the bench. God's like, no, like you're a soldier in my army. Like put on your armor, like get up. And just like he said to Joshua, he's like, stand up. You guys were unfaithful, but like, let's handle it. And let's go back up against this army. Let's go back up against these things and let's get the things that I've promised you. Like God is always faithful, Right? God is always faithful. It says in the New Testament, even when we are faithless, that He is faithful. And you know what that means? When you don't believe the things that I'm saying from the Bible are true, they're still true. <laughs> it's still true. It's all 100% true. And so that means when you're holding on to these devoted things, you might think that you're okay. You might think that you're safe from the enemy. You might think that you're pulling one over on Him. But I'm telling you this morning, you are not. You're not. And so, I feel like there's an invitation this morning that God is saying, like, let's, like, clean out house, right? Like, let's, like, fortify ourselves and, like, our families and our homes against the enemy and his strategies. And so after all of this, it's like, okay, so, like, what do we do? Do I, like, cancel my Netflix subscription? Like, break all my wine bottles? Like, Kelly, what are you saying? Um, And so in verse 13, God says, consecrate yourselves be set apart. If you don't look like the world, you are not going to lose like the world. And I believe that God is saying to us this morning, if you or I have unusual victory for people who are willing to look unusual to the world, right? Think about the unusual victory of Jericho right? Marching around the city, like giving a shout of praise and the walls collapse. Like, God's like, I have that for you. I have divine strategy this morning for the things that you're going up against and for the things that you are feeling defeated by, but you have to set yourself apart. And again, guys, this isn't like, okay, if you do this, like I'll do this, right? I think we view God like that sometimes. Like, okay, well, like if you obey this, then like I'll do this for you. But like, guys, that's not how God is. This is a spiritual law, like gravity, right? Gravity doesn't bargain with you. If you jump off a building, you're just going to fall, no matter what, you're going to hit the ground. It's the same thing with these spiritual truths. God's saying, like, this is, a, again, this is 100% is true. So consecrate yourselves, be set apart. Just like Pastor Jeremy talked about last week with the breastplate of righteousness, like, this is for your protection. This is for your benefit. And so, um, after God commands them to consecrate himself, themselves, he commands Joshua to go, tribe by tribe, clan by clan, family by family, and to find the person who has kept the devoted things and to destroy them. And so I would encourage y'all this morning, another thing to do is just take inventory of your life. Like be willing and open and humble enough to say, Lord, if there's something small, right? Like if there's something big, like let's get rid of it. But like I said, I, think, I don't think any of us came in here unaware of a huge thing probably that's holding us back. But it's like, even if it's something small, Lord, Something small, like my Instagram, like you can have it. If it's a TV show, like you can have it, right? If it's um, a, a habit that I have, you can have it. If it's a plan that I make every Tuesday night, you can have it. If it's sleeping 30 minutes less every morning, you guys, that's so small. You can have it, right? It's like, take inventory of your life and ask, where am I being disobedient? Where am I not listening to the Holy Spirit? Where am I not um, giving it all to Jesus? Where am I not, um, or where am I holding on to these devoted things that will lead me to destruction and that are not for my benefit, that are not for victory? And then the third thing is get rid of the devoted things. So the Israelites, when they found Achan, they killed him and his whole family, Um they got rid of it. They got rid of the devoted things. They killed his whole family, which seems extremely violent. Um, I don't think anyone needs to go kill anyone. Please hear me say that. However, we need to get violent and aggressive about the spiritual atmospheres of our own hearts and of our homes. You guys, like there are so many things I think that we can just let like seep in or like leak in and we're just giving the enemy, just like opening the door for him, just saying, here, have access to my life. Take my victory, like, keep me from walking into the inheritance that I have. And so I didn't give these verses to them, but this is reinforced again, just in the New Testament in Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. Guys, that's intense. Crucified with Christ. That means your old self has died with Christ. In Romans 8.13, it says, if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Matthew 5, 29, 30 says, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Guys, God is serious about sin. And it's not because he's like this unrighteous, unfair judge who's sitting up there like, if you do this, then I'll do this. It's because he's saying you have victory, but there's still an enemy. You have won over him, right? You have authority over him, but he's still there. And he still has strategies and he's still prowling around. And he's saying like, close all of these doors. Get rid of the devoted things. Be 100% fully devoted to me and you will have life. Like abundant life. You will have victory. You guys, you are not made to live in defeat. I'm not saying that your life is gonna be perfect, but I believe that you have, Jesus said that you have victory and he said that you have authority. So I believe that right? And so we have to walk in the way that he has called us to to experience that. So back to Joshua. They do all of this. They take inventory. They consecrate themselves. They get rid of Achan and the devoted things. And God says, okay, so now, Joshua, take your whole army, go and attack I, and I'll deliver them into your hands. And he does, right? Like God is still Faithful, right? They still overtake this army. And so then the rest of the book of Joshua is just Joshua and his armies coming against enemy after enemy and obstacle after obstacle. And they're fully devoted to the Lord. They're consecrated. They're set apart. And so God's promises are fulfilled. And they see that every single enemy is delivered into their hands. Joshua 12 literally has just a list of all the kings that they defeated. Like, what a testimony! Right, Like I think sometimes we skip over parts of that in scripture where it's just like all these names. It's just like, think about like the nations and the people groups and the thousands and thousands of people and like miles and miles of territory that are represented by a chapter like that. It's like they defeated all of those enemies. And so fast forward to Joshua 21 and Joshua is talking to the people. In verse 43, he says, so the Lord gave Israel, oh no, Joshua's not talking. wrote it, but so the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their forefathers and they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side just as he had sworn to their forefathers. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord handed all their enemies over to them. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. And then in chapter 23, Joshua says in verse nine, the Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you routs a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, And if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will come snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land, which the Lord your God has given you. Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. And so you guys, just like this says, don't, I wanna caution you guys this morning, don't ally yourself. Don't ally yourself with anyone or anything besides the Holy Spirit. Just like Jeremy talked about in one of his recent messages, he said, you can't fight a devil that you're walking in agreement with. So good. You can't fight a devil that you're walking in agreement with. And that's what this whole thing is about, right? It's like, God's like, these are your enemies. This is your victory. Like, what are you going to choose, right? And so then in Joshua 24, this is a really popular verse, but verse 15, it says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, Then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So y'all can go ahead and stand and I'm gonna pray. And um, if y'all will just, I'm gonna go ahead and invite the prayer team up here. But if y'all will just stand with your hands up in surrender. Um, I'm just gonna pray for us, you guys, just like this verse is saying, like if after all of that, right? If after all of that, it still seems undesirable for you to serve the Lord. Um, I don't know. You can make your own choice. Um, But this house, we will serve God. And so Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just come, God, that you would just illuminate in our hearts the devoted things, the things that we have kept and held on to, whether because we feel like we deserve it, because we think we know better than you or because we just don't have faith to believe that you are who you say you are. Holy Spirit, I pray you would illuminate those things to us and that you would give us a bold love and a bold trust in you that would say, you can have it all, Jesus. You can have it all. It might seem like a silly little thing, but you can have it. (laughs) If it's so silly and so little, like let's just give it up, right? If it's so silly and so little, like just give it up because there's major defeat, I think, that people are experiencing major defeat and discouragement and it's not because of like this huge thing that's visible on the outside it's not because of this huge thing that everybody could look in and see it's because of something small that God has asked you to give up and it's like if it was so small why wouldn't you just give it up and so Holy Spirit I pray that you would just convict our hearts this morning we just say that we give it all to you Jesus and we just say that we choose to serve you God that we would just be a people who are devoted to you of people that love you, of people who are willing to look strange and unusual to the world, but who experience your victory, who walk in your authority, because we believe that everything that you say is true and is good. God, you are faithful and you will deliver us from every single one of our enemies. We believe that in Jesus' name. And so Holy Spirit, again, I pray that you would just convict every heart in here and God, that we would just be drawn closer to you, that we would be a people that are set apart and a people that experience victory in you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, y'all can go ahead and just give God a round of applause for his faithfulness. Right. if y'all um, need prayer, this is our ministry time, so feel free um, to come up and pray with anybody on our prayer team. Um, but if not, then um, you are dismissed, and we hope you have a great week. We love y'all. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To stay connected or find more information about Vertical Life Church, please visit our website at www.verticallife.church.